Crossroads, and I'm so excited to get into Matthew with you guys this morning. But before I do, you may have noticed that Tom and Gail aren't in the front row. I just see my clicker. Hang on. Wait. I left it on my chair. I'm going to need this. Um, Because they're having a, a few days away this week and having a break. And I thought that I would be sneaky, even though they'll see the video and know that this happened. But um, just to encourage us as a family to continue to be vigilant to pray for Tom and Gail. We have moved through um, a year of transition and change. And even though some things around here have changed for us, for them, lots has changed. As as Tom took on the mantle of leadership here from Rich, um, he has, you know, taken on the spiritual role of leading us as a family and we need to be praying for him and we need to be praying for them. Um, He takes his job very seriously and he loves each and every person sitting in seats here this morning so deeply and so immensely that it weighs on him. He cares for what's going on in our lives. He is very humble about um, wanting to just surrender his life to to Jesus to lead us um, honorably and nobly and surrendered to Christ. So I just really want to take a chance, and hi, Tom and Gail. Um, I hope you're having a nice rest this morning, but just please pray for them. Pray pray for Tom as he leads us. Pray for him to hear God's spirit and to work with the elders to know um, where to guide and take us as a community. And um, if you do pray, and this isn't just for Tom, but if you're praying for people during the week, send them a text, send them a note, just say, I prayed for you. That's all you have to do, and then send it off. It's so encouraging I know as I was preparing this week, just my people that pray for me as they prayed and sent me a text saying, I'm praying for you. It's so encouraging to get that. Take the five seconds to do it because it's worth it. So let's pray and then um, we'll get into Matthew. Jesus, thank you for, um, for Tom and for, for Gail and for their family. Thank you for the leadership that you have um, bestowed on him for this family. And I just pray for them today as they rest and um, rejuvenate that you will be present and um, that they will know your presence and that they will have a time to be together and be with you. And I just thank you for this community that you've given us and this family to be part of. And I just pray as we pray for each other and support one another that we'll continue to strive to be more like you. Pray these things in your name. Amen. So we've been in Matthew for 15 weeks now. Can you believe that? It's been 15 weeks and next week... Tom is going to land the plane. He's going to finish off Matthew. Today is the, that we're nearly at the end. We're at chapter 25. And if there's two things that I hope that you have come away from in this 15 weeks, and I hope you've been reading Matthew when you've been at home between Sundays, because it's such a great book, that um, Jesus calls us to follow him. He shows us how to do that, both with his words and his actions. He shows us how to rest how to hang out with our friends, how to hang out with our enemies, how to deal with strangers, how to answer questions, how to sleep, how to eat, how to love people, how to respond under pressure. He, he gives us all the road signs, and that's the, been the theme of this, this um, book as we've gone through these lessons is follow me, follow what I say, follow what I do, follow the road signs. And then the second thing I hope that you've come away with is that this life that he calls us to by all the world standards is an upside down life. It does not make sense to the world. He says, the last shall be first. He says, serve low to be raised up high. He says, give away all your money. He says, do stuff in secret so people don't know what you're doing. He says, love your enemies. He says, 
Count on others. Don't count on yourself. I mean, it is upside down. And I hope that as we've been tracking through these signs and you've seen how counterculture, counter the messages that we get every day in the world, that you've been encouraged to just think about things differently. Think about how you're doing your life and how, how you're going about it and how you're following Jesus' example. Last week, we left in chapter 19, Rich Young Ruler, talk about upside down life. Jesus said to him, leave, sell all your possessions and then come follow me. I hope this week that you've taken some time to follow Tom's encouragement to look at what idols or what things are in your life that are keeping you from completely following Jesus. So that was chapter 19. Now today we're jumping to 25. So we're jumping a few chapters there, but in these chapters, it's the time when Jesus is preparing his followers, his disciples, and anyone that will listen to be prepared for the end times. He talks a lot about what is coming, um, that his life is coming to an end. We move after chapter 25 into his death and also the end of humanity. And he says, be ready. Don't sit on your hands. Be fruitful. Harvest. Go into the world. Share my love. It's all these verses of encouragement. And in the middle of all that, chapter 22, we get our mission statement verse that we have here at Crossroads. Love God. Love others. The, the verse in chapter 22 that says, the greatest thing you can do is love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and then love others as yourself. So this sets us up to get to chapter 25, and we're going to read chapter 25, verses 31 to 46. It's a few verses, it's 15 verses, but I think it's worth um, reading so we can see where Jesus kind of wraps up this whole time of his ministry before he, he moves on to a time when we, we read about his death. So let's go to... Matthew, there you go, I got the clicker. Matthew 25, verses 31 to 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. The righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see a stranger and invite you in, or need, needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. I don't know about you, but um, I know what team I would like to be on. <laughs> I'd like to be on Team Sheep. I'll get the T-shirt and everything, Team Sheep. 
So today's big idea, the difference between followers of Jesus and those who do not know Jesus is that those who have seen Jesus no longer have any excuse to avoid the least of these. This is a, theolo- a current theologian, Stanley, I don't even know how to say that, Howowas, Howowas. Um, but <laughs> when I read that and when I was preparing, I was like, I, ca- I can't come up with a better big idea. He did it right there, so I'm stealing his big idea today. Um, I did not go looking for special farming um, secrets to share with you today about how a shepherd tells the difference between sheep and goats. It's really not that complicated. Sheep are sheep, goats are goats. Sheep live like sheep, act like sheep, smell like sheep. Goats do not. So I'm sorry, I can't bring you any more other than to say that this story is one of those amazing times where I feel like Jesus just wraps the whole thing together about to love Jesus, you love others. To love others, you love Jesus. It's the same thing. It's entwined and it's integral to us being followers, to being on team sheep to do that. So today I thought, well, okay, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to use him as my example to learn from for this ver- these verses. What did he mean when he said, you did for the least of these? So as I've been reading Matthew in my time as we've been going through this series, I've kept a list of all the people that Jesus hung out with and that he encountered. And uh, Matthew 4.23, I'm going to turn this up the right way, says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Now, we know a lot, as we've seen in Matthew, that he hangs out a lot with his disciples. We know that he comes in contact a lot with the Pharisees and the teachers of the day who are asking him questions and trying to prove who he is or have him prove who he is. But the list of people that he encountered through Matthew, and I I spared you from a list list, but I'm going to read it to you, were diseased, sick, in pain, demon-possessed, suffering from seizures, paralyzed, harassed, helpless, dying, suffering from leprosy, needy, blind, mute, suffering from fever, suffering terribly, sinners, bleeding, deaf, lame, poor, weary, and burdened. It's a list, right? That's quite a list. Try and think back over your week this week if you were to make a word cloud of the people that you've hung out with, that you've been among this week. What words would you find on your word cloud? Would it look like Jesus' word cloud? Because I know mine doesn't, not on an average week. And why is that? Why are our word clouds so different when we are followers of Christ? When we're trying and striving to imitate him, to love like Jesus loved, to be like Jesus. And then who, who do we hang out with in a week? Who do we put on our word cloud? I have a, I have a feeling, uh, and I'm going to share it with you, <laughs> because about why our word clouds look so different. I have three stories, all right? And I'm going to get you to participate in these stories. We're all starting with neutral, right? A neutral thumbs up, thumbs down. As I tell these stories, I would like you to move your thumb to whether you're feeling good about the story or whether you're going this way, okay? You, you don't have to hold your hand right up here, but, you know, like just I'd like to see some thumbs, but, you know. <laughs> okay, all right, so here's the first story. You're going on a plane. 
and you're going on a trip. I know some people, for some people, that's like, oh, Marie's like, no. <laughs> but um, you're going on a trip. It's a hot day, but that's okay. The, t- the plane's leaving on time, so you board the plane. And as you look around the plane, you realize it's an old plane. This is not the newest plane. And it's a full plane. Like, there is not a seat left. And it's hot. Did I mention it's hot? And they haven't started the air conditioning yet. And everybody's getting settled, and you find your seat, and you sit down, and as you're watching families get settled and people get on, you realize that the lady next to you has spat on her fingers, just like a good mum does, and she's rubbing your arm with the spit on her fingers as you see. Okay, all right, we got to that point. Okay. All right, next story. You, and for parents, imagine your kids or grandkids, for people with friends and loved ones that you love, imagine them. You take them to visit a house that you haven't actually been to yourself, but you're going to take them there and drop them off, okay? So they're going, they're excited to go to visit. So you get there on time, you wave them goodbye, they go inside, uh, you come back an hour or two hours later to pick them up, they come out, they're smiling, they're so happy, they've had such a great visit, okay? And as they get in the car and as you're driving home, they start telling you about how mum or uncle or grandma, whoever you are, there was cockroaches on the kitchen counter and there was cockroaches under the dining room table and we were sitting in the living room while we were visiting on this leather couch and there was these cockroaches that came out of the couch okay yeah how's that making you feel okay third story you're going somewhere new you've never been there before but you're feeling pretty good about it you've got the address you've got your gps your gps doesn't usually take you too far wrong you put it in As you're leaving, you're thinking, wow, it's got dark really quickly, but it's winter, you know, it gets dark early. So you start driving, you've got your radio going, you're singing, you're having a great time, and then you realize the GPS is taking you off the freeway to a place of town you've never really been before. Did I mention it's like really dark? And then roads start to get narrow, and this looks like an industrial area. I really have never been here before. There's not many people about, and there's no street lights, but I'm gonna trust my GPS and I keep going. And then you finally get to where your GPS tells you is the destination and you realize, yeah, I've never really been here before and it doesn't look like anything that I've ever seen before, but this is where I'm supposed to be. All right. Okay. Those three stories, let me tell you. First story, there was me on a plane in Papua New Guinea. I got on the plane. I was the only white person. I had blonde hair at the time. Uh sat down and the lady next to me seriously tried to spit my freckles off my arm. Like she thought that the brown on my arm (laughs) must have been dirt because I'm obviously a white person and they're brown people and the brown should not have been there. It was an experience. But I spent six months um, living in Papua New Guinea and you realize very few people see blonde, white-skinned people. So It didn't make me feel that comfortable either, having a stranger spit on my arm. (laughs) But I understood what was going on in the situation. Second story, that was our kids in Philly. They worked in a house that they were painting and replacing the roof, and there was cockroaches in the house. But you know what? Those kids had the best week of their life. Ask any of them. They will tell you. They had the best time. They loved the family that they worked with. They, the little cockroaches didn't bother them in the slightest, right? Who was there? You guys are on that team. Yeah, you can ask them. Third, third story, that's pretty much everyone's experience that ever goes to the Bridgeport food, ru- food truck 
down at PT Barnum for the very first time. You put the address into your GPS, you drive in the dark, and you really don't know whether you've got to the right place because it is down in the industrial part of Bridgeport. Um, it doesn't feel like a homely place at all. And when you get out, it's usually cold and it's dark and um, it, it's just not, nothing like we probably go to any time in our week. You know, the, way, the reason our thumbs go down is because we spend a lot of time and a lot of energy in our lives making ourselves very comfortable, making ourselves very not poor, not suffering, not um, in pain, not, you know, um, any of those words that we had on the word cloud there. We, we spend a lot of energy, a lot of emotional energy, a lot of financial energy, a lot of time protecting our kids from those kind of places. We say, don't hang out with the criminals. We don't say, go visit the criminals. Like our message is that we, we send our families and ourselves and the world sends us is don't be uncomfortable. There is no reason for you to be uncomfortable. And yet, in order to serve and to hang out and to be with the people, the least of these, it, it's, it's inherent in that, that we are going to feel uncomfortable, that we are not going to, to be in a place that's familiar to us or in a place that we've ever been before. Um, as I looked at, again, I'm sorry that I sound like I have a thousand lists for you, but I love lists. Um, as I read about how Jesus acted and how he was amongst the, the least of these as our example, it just kept coming to me how contrary my initial and natural reactions to all these situations are. Jesus, he felt compassion, showed compassion. Me, I feel trepidation when anyone asks me to go and do something that, or, or be with people that are unfamiliar to me or a situation that's uncomfortable. He welcomed them close. I go looking for the donation bin in the corner of the parking lot where I can put my, my clothes and get on with my day. I, there's, no, there's no connection with the people there. I sp uh, he spent time with the marginalized. I sit on my computer and I schedule my donation and, and I'm done. He touched them. I have watched a lot of documentaries about people in need and, and uh, I know a lot about what's going on. Uh, I've never never been to those situations. I shouldn't say never, because I've been to some, but it's not something that I do um, as regularly as I should. He invited them in. We tend to look the other way. I don't know about you, but we, I was just down in the Bronx um, this week on a college visit, and you're walking down the street, and someone just steps out in front of you asking for money, and it's so hard to, in that moment, invite them in right? It's quicker and easier to look the other way and keep walking. Um, he sought them out. He sought the people out. He went and found the marginalized, the poor in spirit, the poor in resources. I, I've gone to a lot of charity events for the poor, and I've had a nice dinner, and I've played a round of golf, or I've done a 5k run, but again, it's so at a distance. He healed them physically and spiritually. This, I think, is the part where these verses just all come together, the love God, love others, is we're not just talking about physical needs and resources for people. We're talking about the saving love of Jesus and being able to share with them the love that will just change their circumstances, not here in the world, but eternally. And his whole point, every interaction that Jesus had with people was about 
bringing them to eternity, not about bringing them to a comfortable life here on the earth or um, changing their circumstances just for today, but for forever. And as you read a lot of the healings and the interactions he had with people, he said, and may your sins be forgiven. Like he touched both their physical needs and their spiritual needs. So as he walked away, he's seeing his love come to completion in people. I'm feeling better about myself that I've helped the poor today, you know, and because when you do it from a distance, it's so hard to, um, when you're not among the poor in spirit and the poor in resources, you can't offer them life. You can offer them help for today, and you can do it from a distance, but you can't wrap your arms around them and, and share with them the love of Jesus. And so the encouragement today is um, that we need to close that gap, the distance that we keep from the poor in spirit and the poor in resources. We need to make our word, word clouds of the people that we hang, hang out with look more like Jesus's. Um, for those of you that, and please don't get me wrong, in Matthew it says about giving to the needy. I am not saying don't give to the needy with your donations and your checks or your resources. Please keep doing that. But also add to that time that you spend with people, interactions that you have with people, bringing the love of Jesus to people that need to hear his, about his love. Um, for those of you that were here last time I spoke, you know that God stuck his finger right on my white couch problem <laughs> that I have. Um, and uh, I really should stop preparing to teach because this time he took his finger and stuck it on something that's even more dear to me than a white couch. But um, as I mentioned, we were in the Bronx last week looking at colleges. And for anyone that's been around me in the last few months, you've heard me exasperatedly talking about how Darby, my senior, is looking at colleges. And um, it's a whole new world for us. And if I go with my worldly mindset, then I think, wow, you know, it's okay. She's got her 4.0. She is, you know, able to look at good colleges. She's able to go and um, do something that will get her a great degree and get her a great salary, and then she will be comfortable for the rest of her life, and everything will be fine. And um, I will stress about how to pay for it, but, you know, it's, it's all worth it because it's worth her getting this degree, and it goes around and around. Um, when I put my kingdom hat on or my Jesus upside down life hat on, and especially because Darby is looking to study um, like non-profit management, global studies, working with the poor, um, I say to myself, well, first of all, I've got to kick that side of me at to sleep that says, that doesn't really earn you that much money in life. <laughs> Do you know all these websites have like, you can click a button that tells you the average salary that someone with this degree will earn for the, you know, like, don't go there. Don't go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> but yeah, so when I when I look at this, this whole thing of her going to college uh, with a Jesus mindset and with this with knowing that the person that Jesus is making her to be is someone to follow him and to be amongst the, the poor in spirit and the poor in resources and maybe not to earn, you know, a million dollars and all that, it's okay. You know, I can look at that and I can encourage her in that and I can move her in that direction because it's her call to follow Jesus and that's how she's going to do it. And, um, yeah. I was going to, it's okay, I'm going to move on to this verse. This verse has become, um, oh, did it not make it up there? Okay, this verse I'm going to share with you, Matthew 10, 6, 8. 
is, Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Oh, there it is. Um, Freely you have received, freely give. There is no cost to us to do this. There's no cost for us to follow Jesus other than to maybe feel a little uncomfortable, maybe to lay down some things that we are holding close to our hearts um, and that we've worked hard to do, but that may keep us from the call that Jesus has on our lives. He has freely given his love to us. We can freely go out and give it to others. And that's what just was going through my mind with Darby is I I have no claim on her. She's mine and Jesus has given her to me while I have her as her parent. But, you know, I freely give her to Jesus and I freely challenge, give myself the challenge to freely give myself to the people that I come across in a week and to maybe get myself into some positions where I come across some different people than I usually do in my week so that I can take this message that Jesus is near to us to to them. On our website, so what can we do with this? On our website, there you'll, you will um, see, oops, I'm gone too far. You'll see this little hand, oh, technology. You'll see this little hand thing on our, and ushers, do you have those sheets there, that thing, that uh, on our crossroads, ct.info website, you will see these hands on the outreach page. If you click on outreach, and then if you click on the hands, it will give you this list of upcoming outreach opportunities that um, we have here at Crossroads for you to to spend time with the poor in spirit and the poor in resources. And there is a box next to each of those on the website that you can check just to say, hey, send me more info. I want to be included in this. I want to get it on my calendar. And as each opportunity comes up, um, we will send you more information and we will send you, um, you know, dates, times, all that. So keep that list somewhere. As part of our look up, lean in, reach out, we are really endeavouring as a community and as a family to make sure that we are continually giving everybody here opportunities to, to reach out. If you have any questions about any of these, you know, like I said, click on the website, get your, your name to, into that list, and, and I'll definitely be able to get information to you. Um, last, wanted to finish with this quote. The blessed ones are those who have seen a king who is not like the kings of this world. They are blessed because they know a king who brings real peace, who sees the needy, and who hears the cries of the oppressed. In God's kingdom, no one is hungry, naked, sick, alone. To bear witness to Christ as king is to be a messenger of this kingdom to serve others and thereby profess the invasion of God's glorious empire. As we finish today, um, the band is going to play a song, Live Like That. I mean, there is not much else to say other than those three words, Live Like That. As it starts, a slideshow is going to play for you guys to just sit and read through. Oops, it's already going. (laughs) Ian can stop it. It is the last 15 weeks of Matthew. It is the theme of the or the road sign that was given and then as each person has spoken it's their big idea that they had for that day and I thought it was a great opportunity to revisit each of those follow me statements or those those road signs that we've been given in order to get us in a place for next week when Tom finishes this series 
Um, today's one, go care for the least of these, is at the end, and at the end you'll, you'll get to live like that. And then we're going to join the band in singing, so Ben will transition us there. But just take time to read each of the slides. Be reminded, if you were here for those messages, of what the big idea was each week, and just maybe the places in your life that you want to work on or think about with following Jesus and imitating Jesus and loving God and loving others.